Well, you, Auckland's in level three and we're in level two down here. And uh, one of the things that happens when the COVID alert levels go up is everyone tries to get all their lawns mowed and everything. So while the mowers around us have just stopped for a little bit, and I think that dog stopped barking. Dog stopped barking let, for let, a moment. Yeah, let's try and get uh, something <laughs> in the can, shall we? So um, in the previous podcast, we talked about the 10 micro parties. Um, that's the ones that are, are polling under 1%. Uh, and then we're going to do an individual podcast for each of the other eight. Heather, how are we going to cover that? Well, we thought what we should do is go into a bit of detail about each party. So if you don't know much about them or you're, you're thinking about who you're going to vote for, you, you go away feeling you know them better. We're going to do a very brief history of each party. Um, we'll talk a little bit about where they sit on the political spectrum, but you can cast back to our previous podcast to get the detail around that. That's around the political spectrum. We'll look at the key people in the party those that we feel you should know a bit about, and then the, the substance, what you can expect from the party in the election campaign, and then what can you can expect from the party if they are in government after the 19th of September. Great, I'm Simon Ewing-Jarvey. And I'm Heather Roy. Alphabetically, who's up first? Act. Yes, we thought we should be fair about this and do parties in alphabetical order, so Act New Zealand is the first party. And their slogan for this election is Change Your Future, Party Vote Act. Quite a number of the parties seem to be talking about the future of this election. Two or three, yeah. Mm. Okay, and um, what, what's the history of them? Well, ACT was formed in 1994, and really it's a party that came into being because of MMP. Uh, the, the 1994 formation was in preparation for that first uh, MMP election. If you've heard our uh, earlier podcast on the political spectrum, you'll see that they are positioned in the upper right quadrant, which means they're a socially liberal free market party. Correct. Who's the key people? Uh, the leader, obviously, is David Seymour. David's been in Parliament on his own for the last two terms, uh, and I think this could well be his election. Um, he's worked really hard on the euthanasia bill, which is now going to be a referendum at this election, and he's got actually quite a good lineup of people too. So number two on his list is a young woman called Brooke Van Velden. She has worked in the parliamentary office for the last three years. And number three is Nicole McKee. And for those people who have a keen interest in uh, firearms, she has led the Colfo campaign for firearms most recently. Also a very impressive person. Mm. And as a licensed firearm owner, I um, simply say they ran a really good responsible Campaign. It was a great example of how a campaign should be run. On current polling, ACT is likely to get five or six MPs, so we probably should look at a couple of the others too. Chris Bailey uh, from Nelson is number four on the party list. He is a former police officer, now a teacher. Number five, Simon? Simon Court. He's an engineer and um, he's uh, got a, a multitude of experiences overseas. He's uh, keen on sustainability and environment, environmental engineering um, and fast cars and loud music apparently. And number six is James McDowell, who is a lawyer from Waikato, who has a keen interest in small business. Yeah, um, one of the differences with ACT against some of the other smaller parties is that they have an electorate seat. Eh? That's right, which means that that whole dilemma of the wasted vote that we talked about in a previous podcast doesn't exist for them. If they're safe in their seat of Epsom, which David Seymour holds, then none of the party vote that goes to the ACT party uh, is wasted. Mm. And Judith Collins just come out explicitly and said she wants national voters to give back to their electorate vote and, and, and they Epsom. want to, yeah, that's right. Epsom, yeah yep. that's never happened before there's always been these covert cups of tea signals you know that's right so it's pretty clear that the national party would like act there to have a presence in parliament after the 19th of September hmm. Hmm. Um, 
and that's MEP. So what, what can we expect from the ACT Party if they're in government after 19 September or whenever this election might be held now? Well, if you want to go to the ACT Party website, that's www.act.org.nz, uh, their policy uh, section is actually quite impressive, I have to say. They've got a very comprehensive set of policies. They look at the five-point plan for economic recovery, and uh, the impressive thing from my perspective about that is they're looking at the current COVID situation but they're also looking to the longer term so their focus isn't just on the here and now and that's what I'd like to see for all of the parties so we'll see if that that is the case when we explore the other ones Hmm. but it's worth looking at their five-point plan for economic recovery and the the five key areas that they talk about there so the first point in their five-point plan for economic recovery is about getting Kiwis back to work and that looks at things like the 90-day trials back for all businesses uh, and a three-year moratorium on minimum wage increases. So that is covering the, the economic downturn that we've already experienced, but are thinking will be much more severe. Yeah, and, and moving on with the economic side of it, the balancing of the books, their intent is to return to surplus by 2024 and uh, begin repaying the debt that's been raised to, in terms of the COVID response. Um, part of their plan for that, they've identified $7.6 billion in wasteful, wasteful spending, and I think that covers things like um, fees for education, uh, no interest on student loans if you stay in the country, and, and things like that. Uh, and tax cuts, 3.1 billion in tax cuts, reducing, this is interesting, reducing the um, tax rate, the 30% tax rate to 17.5%, which instantly puts From money... From 30 currently, yep. Yeah, that puts money into people's it pockets does. in the order of sort of 5 or 6k. And on their website, uh, it actually sort of projects how much, if you're earning this much, what that means in terms of cash in the pocket. Interestingly, again, they're um, proposing to cut GST to 10% for 12 months. Mm. And that's, um, that's a big uh, boost for people. That's right, and that's completely user-pays element. So those people at the lower end of the socioeconomic uh, spectrum would benefit from that too. They move into familiar territory for ACT, ACT people is cutting red tape. And so the two things that they've highlighted there is repealing the Zero Carbon Act, been quite vocal about that in the last term, and the ban on oil and gas exploration would go under an ACT government, and I think uh, that sits nicely with their potential coalition partner of National. Yeah, and unsurprising um, regulatory reform stuff, um, making it easier for investors from OECD countries Mm. to invest here, um, and limiting government's ability to pass harmful regulation. I'd have to dig deeper into that to really understand how they intend to do that. Building for the future, RMA, well I think it's well well known that the RMA is not fit for purpose. They're also talking about amending the Building Act though. That's right, and uh, developing a new infrastructure corporation. Mm, This is interesting. Mm. That would put an end, as they say, to politically motivated infrastructure building. There wouldn't have been so many announcements in the last um, few weeks. No, that's right. And then the last point, the fifth point in this um, economic recovery plan is protecting public health and that really is uh, focusing on the COVID situation but from a health perspective which is good to see. Yeah, yeah. doubling customs funding at the border temporarily so that they can get it open quicker and setting up a national public health service to bring out deep epidemic responses. We've long talked about a national security agency which would look at these sorts of things so maybe that fits within that model. That's right, PPE expansion given uh, the moving back into uh, alert levels again that's an important uh, area and adding a, a human health aspect to the border provisions. Right, hmm. what's next? Um, I think the other things that uh, 
people who have traditionally been attracted to ACT for are also there in their very thorough policy document. There's some talk about the small to medium businesses, um, there's provisional tax options there for example. They also delve into the welfare space as they traditionally have uh, and some interesting law and order provisions as well. One of the things that ACT has talked about but have got much more of a focus on this election uh, arms legislation. Mm. Do you want to cover that off, Simon? Yeah, um, and it's no coincidence that Nicole McKee is number three on the list. I think when they're, um, you know, openly um, planning to repeal, if they're in government, plan the um, new legislation that was uh, recently passed, the Arms Legislation Act, um, which um, has a whole lot of problems in it from the perspective of um, licensed firearms owners. They're talking about a new Arms Act as well is repealing that piece of legislation and um, no register of firearms, putting the responsibility back on the, simplifying the categories of weapons and hitting gangs hard. It's a pretty high threshold they provi uh, provided in the policy but basically if the police have a legitimate um, search warrant and when they go there they find A, a gang member or associate who's on their register and B, they've got criminal activity like making drugs or, you know, money laundering and all that going on and they also find that there is a uh, firearm there that shouldn't be there for whatever reason then they can instantly apply to the courts for seizure of the assets so mm. I think it's a quite a high threshold but it's a good good signal. And that sounds like they are engaging in the follow the money uh, type plan rather, rather than, than criminalise 250,000 fit and proper people who have been vetted. That's right. And I think the other thing that the website does um, actually have is an alternative budget. Mm. I like it when parties do alternative budgets. It means that they've actually thought long and hard about how they will spend taxpayer money looking to the future. This is 31 pages long. It is really thorough. It goes all through their, their policy initiatives. They've costed them all out. And this document's called Unleashing Our Potential. Uh, the other thing I'm really pleased to see is that this has been peer-reviewed by economists. Mm. So it's not just, uh, let's pull some figures out of there and attach them. They really have done a very thorough job of putting together this alternative budget. So overall, Simon, what do you think about this campaign? Well, I'm impressed. I think this, is, um, this looks like a party that is ready to contest an election. And, um, and perhaps to be part of a government. Absolutely. Mm. They, they, they look like a potential government partner. Uh, it's well thought through and, and costed and checked and um, and good on them. Um, I right. mean, this is the best we've seen ACT produce probably since 2008. People are saying that this is the, they're in the best shape they have been for seventeen last 17 years, and I tend to agree. Yep. Um, all of that's available on the website. It's a very slick-looking website. It's been upgraded recently, I think. Very easy to navigate, so the information's all there and easy to find. And they're on the road. Well, they were on the road. That's right. <laughs> the bus they're in a bus. I'm not be. sure what lockdown means for that. Well, if they're out of Auckland, probably <laughs> they'll be they're okay. okay until yeah. things change. But I was just thinking about the delicious coincidence of the New Zealand First bus and the ACT bus meeting <laughs> in the high street of a town and Winston and David Seymour getting out with their cheeks twitching and their hands going to the side. Okay, That's uh, probably enough from us today. Um, you can find uh, all about TalkPoint, T-O-R-Q-U-E, point.co.nz, uh, and you can send in questions um, through the contacts page there. We're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and... Uh, look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Simon Ewing-Jarvie. And I'm Heather Roy. Thanks for joining us on this Voter Talk podcast and we'll talk to you soon.